All right, so we are continuing with the book of Hebrews, and we are chapter 11. Pastor Christo preached last week. Were you guys here last week? Yes. And uh, it was really good sermon. I got a lot out of it, too, which is, which is really, really good. Uh, and um, hold on. Apparently, my virus wants to, uh, virus, whatever I want to update in right now. So I'm like, right? Of all the other times, right? <laughs> so like I was saying, don't get distracted. Um, Pastor Crystal was preaching last, uh, last Wednesday, and she, she started Hebrew 11. She says, what does God say about our faith? And it was interesting because as she stood here and talked, I looked, I'm looking at my wife Eva, and I'm like, She's preaching everything that I had been preparing for. Like, literally. The question she started with was, okay, we know what faith is, but what does God say faith is? And literally for the last two months I've been praying and asking God, show me what faith is according to the way you see it. Because it's so easy for us to think of something and we think that we got it, only to be checked by God and God tells us, that's not how I look at faith. I look at it a different way. So she talked about what, how, what God sees faith is. She's talked about Abel's sacrifice to, of faith. That was new to me because everybody talks about Abel's sacrifice was not accepted, but it was accepted. But there's a reason it's because of faith, right? And then she talked about Enoch who walked with God by faith and he was taken away. And if you guys ever miss me one day when I'm gone, I hope that I'm gone like Enoch, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. And then she talked about Noah who had a refer- referential fear of the Lord which caused obedience. Like his fear of the Lord caused him to obey. And when I think about it, really, we think that we can just obey, but it doesn't matter how we obey or how we have faith. I just tell God, do whatever it takes for me to be able to have faith and to obey, right? So today we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at our faith. We're going to examine our faith and we're going to use three people in the Bible. And when I think about faith, I realize that we all have faith. We all do. Even the non-believers have faith, right? uh, You think about it. When you woke up this morning, you had faith that when you turn on the light, the light is going to go on. That is faith, right? Today, before you go home, you will have that faith that when you get in your car, that you're not going to be pushing it down the road. You are actually going to be working, right? So we do have faith, but the question is, where is your faith at? Who's your faith on, right? Is it because our faith is so big in us that, that we've done these things over and over? Because I was thinking about it this morning. When I go in and turn the light on, I don't have to think about it because I've done it so many times. Yeah. And guess what? Most of the time, if I turn on the light on and it's not, you know, it's not on, if I ever turn the light on, it's not on, I go and check outside if the power is gone before I even go check the breaker to see what's going on, right? We are so accustomed to these things that, okay, it's just, that's just life. And we don't really think about what is the source of that. That if there is, there is no power, there is no power, right? So we're going to look at that today. And, and another thing too, um, as we think about this, think about the rest of your night today. After here, you're going to go home, right? Really, maybe. maybe. <laughs> really, if we're going to go home and we've already planned all those things and we have faith, who is in control of that faith? Because think about it. You can decide to go home, but then today might be your last day that you don't get to go home. Come on. Right? You might decide that you want to go somewhere, but then in the middle of it, God is uh, directed to a different place. So really, do we have faith? 
Or is it just a wish that we are going somewhere and we're going to do things? And if it's just a wish, then don't you think it's better for us to know that we can hang on to Jesus who actually gives us faith and has proven over and over that he is in control of everything? Because if I have to keep, if I have to keep my, all my eggs in one basket, I want to keep my eggs in a basket where the one that originates or, or the originator of faith is there versus our lives. So as we continue to look at the characters that we're going to look at, think about those things. Like, I have faith. What's the difference between my faith, the wishes, and the things that I do? Are you guys with me? So this season that we are in and the season that we continue to go on, we're going to require faith, a lot of faith. And this faith has to be in its purest form. It's either you have faith or you don't have faith. And I'm talking about faith in Christ. It's either you have faith in Christ or you don't have faith in Christ. You can't say that I have a little bit of faith in Christ and the other side. Or I have, I have a lot of faith in Christ, but there are some other times that I need to take it over, right? So Hebrews 11 one says, faith, faith is a confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not unseen. Faith cannot be measured in a lab. Faith cannot just be, you can't just wake up and decide how much faith I have. You're either going to be 100% or no, 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 you don't have any faith. Amen. So whatever you're not trusting, and it's really good because situation, and I know that I've been in situation this week where I trusted God up to a point, mm-hmm. and then I started shaking because I'm like, oh, Lord, is this really going to happen? Mm-hmm. So my faith is not 100% because if I have even the option of thinking that really it's not going to happen, is that really 100%? Yeah. Yeah. Faith is something that we have to work, we have to work hard for. We have to have an active faith. Faith without work is dead. So you can't just say, I have faith in Christ, and you don't do anything about it. And we look at the characters and see what they talk about. So Hebrews 11, 8 to 19 says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise as, is, as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of, with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder, is, builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, from one man and him, him as good as dead, we are born as many as the stars in the sky, with multitude innumerable as the sun which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far, far, afar off, were assured of them, embracing them, and confessing that they were strangers and pilgrimage on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they, had not, if, they, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be, called, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he was... He, and he who received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Uh, concluded, that, concluded that God was able to raise him up even, even, when the, when, even from dead, from which he also received him 
in a uh, figuratory sense. So what is this verse talking about? It says, by faith, Abraham left where he was and he, he obeyed. It required faith. The Bible says, by faith, it required faith for him to go. By faith, Sarah received the ability to conceive. She had a baby even past her age. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice, and Isaac got to see the redemption power of Christ. Because you think about it, he was there, he knew what was going on, and he saw God save him. So let's look at those three different faiths. One, we're going to look at supernatural faith, we're going to look at experienced faith and learned faith. Okay? Supernatural experience and learned. Number one, from Abraham. So the, the dictionary defines supernatural faith as attribute to some force-built scientific understanding or law of nature. Abraham is called to go to a place where he did not know, and by faith he did. It says, by faith, Abraham moved as soon as God told him. So he had, he had faith. He had supernatural faith. Genesis 15, 4, 6 says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be, be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards the heaven. And he counted the stars, if he was able to number them. Then he said, so, he said to him, So shall your descendant be. And he believed in the Lord, and he, he, and, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So Abraham and Pastor Christ talked about this. Abraham believed, and then God said he was righteous. Abraham went without seeing. He just did what God was saying. And I look at our life, and I'm like, because when we read the Bible, when you think about it, when you read the Bible, we read it in our own 21st century. Abraham got up and left. Right? Think about it. Abraham got up and he left. But now, he didn't get in a car, he didn't get Uber, he didn't do none of that stuff. Right? And I'm being serious, right? He gathered all his family. He gathered every wealth that he had. And there were no roads, you know, then. It wasn't like the highways that we have. And he told, just go. Get up and go. And he didn't question. He just said, yes, Lord, here we go. And he just left. It's like you today. Me picking you up and telling you, tomorrow I need you to get up and go to this place that I'm not going to tell you. And it's not like, what is that show? Alone. That has videos and stuff, right? That's different. Because you might, I want to I wanna take out those, those ideas from you right now. Those, we're not talking about that. I take you and I take you to a different country you've never been. And I put you in the middle of the bush and I tell you, do, I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I just need you to start going. You don't question. You don't ask for anything that to, you know, you don't ask because the Bible, Bible is very clear. It didn't say that Abraham asked for A, B, C, D. It says he just said, he just trusted God. You don't question, you don't ask, you don't, you don't even try to go back and you start moving. And the crazy thing is you're not just moving to a direction. I'm not telling you that if you go this way, you're going to find people. He's saying, just go. That is faith. But see, if we trust God and we spend time with God, God can give us supernatural faith. And this clearly can show, we can see this um, in, a, um, in Acts 2.1.4 in the upper room. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there they appeared to him, dividing tongues and 
as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking tongues with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They consecrated themselves to Christ. And I know sometimes things come in. We've gone through a very strong season. We've, there's so many things that are going on in our life right now. But God is still there. If we spend time with God, like Abraham did, or even these people, where well, they took the disciples, they, they had a choice. Some of them left Christ when he was gone. But they had a choice. They went to the upper room and they waited for Christ. They waited for the promise. And then God provided supernatural faith for them. I wonder if there was a time like now where we can wait upon the Lord and not get distracted by the things of this life. What would we see, right? They were all in one place, praying and seeking the face of God uninterrupted. When is the last time you took time uninterrupted to spend time with God and wait on Him? I know sometimes I'm praying, but then I bring my phone, I'm going to listen to worship, and then I spend more time on the phone than I'm... Right? Sometimes we are sitting there and things start happening and you start thinking about what, but it's time for us to spend with God. When is the last time you really sought God? Because if we are struggling with our lives or even our lives are good, but we're asking God to, to be more in us and for our faith to grow, well, supernaturally, He can do that if you spend time with Him. How come we, myself included, how come we are not doing that? You know, this would be a good time for me to say that we do have prayer night on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> At 6 o'clock, 6 to 7. It's not a time for you to come pray for other people, which we do. It's actually a whole hour of you and God. We play music. We, we, we just mellow everything and we just watch. We just speak. We are in the presence of God. So if you're having, and I love it, I'm not going to lie to you, my, my thing is during the week I'm busy sometimes and I don't spend a whole hour with God. And I just, I have to, we have to find times. And I'm not saying prayer night is the only night, but I'm just giving you an example that we need to set up times in our life where you can spend enough time with Christ. Because I'm sure we all sit for two hours to watch a movie uninterrupted. And sometimes we are like the kids when they're trying to move when you're watching movies, right? But yet we can't spend an hour with our Christ. But yet we are struggling with things and telling God we want more of you. We want you to increase in our life. God is willing to give you those things. He says, ask. He'll give you that supernatural faith. And then you'll be able to declare more. So I'll be seeing you all on Monday. See, they waited in the upper room and they saw God move. See, this season requires us to wait on God more than we ever before. The Bible says that in the last days, deception will be great. Even the elite will be deceived. That should scare you. Honestly. Because the Bible, remember, the Bible does not waste words. So if it says that deception will be so great that even those who are holy, those who are elite, those who are the next level will be deceived. How much more do we need to ask God to be in our hearts and in our mind that we get so planted that we cannot be moved? We need to wait upon the Lord. See, today we are being called to change, to change our behaviors, our dreams, to lose control and to allow God to take control over everything. See, the idea of 
going to a foreign country. Hebrew 1.19.9 says, By faith he dwelt in a land of promise and in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heir with him of the same promise. See, I know how it is to live in a foreign country. Right? You, okay, let me try that again. I know how, okay, I know how to live in a foreign country. When I came here, I was 18. And not here, South Bend, Indiana. It's a long story. Um, <laughs> the language is different. Yes, I spoke English since I was a little kid, but I spoke British and Kenyan English, okay? That was very different from American English, okay? <laughs> Americans, we finish our words. British, we don't finish the words. They are very fast. We talk really fast. So I'm here in, in America my first week, and I'm working in the kitchen washing dishes, and I'm talking to somebody, and they don't understand what I say, and I do not understand what they are saying. <laughs> but we are both speaking English. True story. We, you get, we Americans would drive on the right. In Kenya, we drive on the left. That means that I had to reprogram my mind on how to drive, right? We call it tomato sauce. You guys call it ketchup. I mean, I mean, you as in American, I gotta do that, okay? You, we Amer- Kenyans, we call it uh, tomato sauce. You call it ketchup. It's a whole story, okay? <laughs> So the idea of going to a foreign country is not what we read like vacation, right? Because when we interpret the Bible, we are like, he went to a foreign country and we skip and we go on. Mm -hmm. He went to a place where most probably there was a different language. Mm -hmm. He went to a place where he couldn't relate with people. He went to a place where he was alone. And I'm telling you, coming from a different country, staying here during Christmas all alone with no family is one of the most difficult times in our lives, right? He went through all that stuff, but he still, his faith did not waver. I remember when I was in for about, uh, I think, three weeks, and I, I was ready to go back home. I was ready to go back home. This was just too much. But that, and that is with food, friends, and all those things in, around. It's not about me. I'm talking about, I'm trying to, I'm trying to create a picture word for you guys. That at that point, He's all alone, we're just with God, and he doesn't even choose to go back. Yet he stayed faithful. Let's, comp- let's put our faith next to that and see how we are doing faith. Do we really have faith? Do we really have faith? Do I really have faith? I am really having technical difficulties. Okay, hold on. All right. The Bible says that when he was there, he stayed in faith. How many of us pray and move in faith only to get to the destination and then we stop relying on God? Yeah. We go like, God, I know you brought me this far, but I'll take it from here. I got this, right? I got this. But the Bible says that Abraham was confident, looking forward to a city with eternal foundation, a city designed and built by God. He really never got home. That's the big differentiating factor. He went and kept moving because he knew that his destination was not the place where there was comfort. His place where God was sending him. And I think that's where we need to have in our mentality in order for us to be able to conquer and to overcome everything is to know that this is not our home. And it's not just, again, one of those things we write in the Bible and we sing and we say, this is not my, our home. But if I really know that this is not our home, can I really be comfortable here? 
You know, the interesting part about being in a foreign country is because for me, and I know probably my wife feel the same way, sometimes this is not our home. Because part of it, I'd love to be in Kenya. I'd love to be in Kenya. But then I have my family here, so I'd love to be here too. So I have this wall that is tagging me back and forth and saying, I want to be in Kenya where I can rekindle my old memories, right? Even though all my friends have moved on and life is different. So in my mind, I'm still stuck in 1998. So I can never feed there no matter what happens. And even when we go on vacation, I can never feed there 100% because the last 23 years I've spent in America. But yet in America, it's still different. It's still not my home, right? And so think about that. You're being pulled on both sides and I can never settle because now I'm like, okay, Lord, where do I go? And praise God that there's a home that we can finally be and we can be there because we are going home. And again, it's not about me, but I want to create a word picture in your mind. That that's the same way we should be regardless of where we are. Regardless whether you are born here or you're born in a different country. The point is, this is not your home. And the thing is, myself is because I go home and I see people and I talk to people and things are different. That's physical for me. But spiritually, if you look at where you are today, there is a battle going on. The world wants to take you and then you want to be in heaven. So there is a pull on both sides. And if there is an indication, that should be an indication that this is not your home. And Abraham knew that. These people knew that. That's the reason why. No matter what they were told by God to do, they still continue to move. Do we have that kind of faith to know that this is not our home? Are we comfortable enough that we are okay with where we are as long as we are okay? Instead of thinking, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what I have or who I have or where I'm at. I still have a place and a journey to go. And guess what? I don't want to go alone. I want to drag as many people as I can with us. But we cannot really tell somebody about heaven. We can't tell people about God. We can't tell them about, we can't tell them, we can, but we can't tell them with a passion because we are comfortable where we are. How can I get you to go to a place where already we are feeling good and we are enjoying and we are doing all those things? Then when I tell you and I'm trying to convince you, it's not going to be like, you are in danger, let's get out. It's more like, yeah, man, at some point when you're ready, then I can show you a different place. We can walk together. Do we really have faith? See, many people fall short because they, their focus is now. That's why you see this these, these fake gospel, love gospel that's going on. See, if we approach everybody, because think about it. Why did Jesus come and die on the cross for us? So we can be with God, right? Why did Jesus talk about love? So we can be, so we can draw people to us. So then we can take, we can lead them to Christ. Why did God heal? So he can draw people in. So then he can convert them and they can be with God. Why did God do, why did Jesus do all the miracles? So then all those things, why did he do anything he did was because he had a goal. And I feel like sometimes we forget what the goal is. Because if we know that no matter what happens, it's, we're gonna, it's either hell, heaven or hell, then we'll be looking at it differently. So when I say when I love somebody or I have a relationship with somebody, my goal is not to just dwell in that relationship. My goal should be, I need to direct you to God so then you can end up in heaven. Yeah. And that's what is missed nowadays when I, it's like, let me love you in your sin as you change. No, we don't have time for that. 
We don't have time for that. The time is now. When you love somebody, when, you, when you're going out for coffee, when you're talking to somebody, when you're helping them in, your li- in their life, when you're trying to change their lives, the goal is not for them to stay where they are. Their goal is not to stay on that country. Their goal is to go where Christ is calling them, yes. and that's heaven. Yes. And if we have that mentality in our hearts every single day, that when I meet somebody and I say, how are you doing? How, how's your life going on? Okay, I see that you have all these issues. Okay, I can help you guys. It shouldn't be, I want to fix you because I can never fix you. Yeah. We're in a fallen world. It should be, you know what? Come on, let me direct you. Let me show you Christ so then that way you can end up in heaven. In this world, there will be troubles. But praise God, he has overcome. So we talked about supernatural faith. We're going to talk about um, experienced faith. And we look at uh, Sarah. Hebrews 11, 11 says, By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past her age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Faith was an ingredient here as well. Genesis 17:15 says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give her a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nation. King of people shall be from her. It took 25 years of faith for them to have a kid. And what I love about this story about Sarah in the Bible, it says that Abraham, Sarah was barren and old. Done. Like there was no option of getting a baby. Right? Again, don't read the Bible just past. Sarah was barren and old. Okay, I know how it ends. No. Take a moment to think about it. There was no hope. She was done. Like, that was it. There was never going to be a baby. Right? And then it says, Abraham, in Hebrew 11, therefore from one man and him, as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of uh, of the sky in the multitude. Abraham was old as dead. (laughs) I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Right? So you have one lady who's barren and old, and you have another dude who's almost dying. <laughs> but then, by faith, there was a baby. And if you track that baby, we see Jesus on, in, the, in the lineage. So today, even before we talk about faith, what situation in your life looks like it's barren, it's dead, it's impossible? Faith enables us to keep praying every single day for those situations. Sarai believed that God would keep his promise. That's why it says, the Bible says that she believed that God would keep his promise. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't, she didn't look at her age. She didn't like her husband. Right? She looked at who was promising. Yes. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going in your life. No matter how bad the situation is, like, it says that she was barren, dry land, arid, nothing's there. There was no hope. But our God is able. Amen. And guess what? Because our God is able, when he does what he does, it will build your faith. Yeah. And when he builds your faith, then you can carry that faith and be able to tell people of Christ. Remember, the goal is to bring them to Christ. Yeah. You can be able to use that. But the thing it has, remember how we talked about uh, faith is active? 
Okay, three of you. Thank you, Pastor Crystal. <laughs> Remember how we say that faith is active? Yes. So when you, when you see God, when you trust His Word, then amazing things end up happening. And when those amazing things end up happening, you don't just post them on Facebook, right? You go in and you tell people about who did it. And you don't give yourself credit. You give God credit. And when you give God credit, people want to be drawn to Christ. And when they are drawn to Christ, we do what? We point them to Christ so they can make heaven. She believed that God would keep his promise. She experienced the goodness of God. She saw how her husband Abraham related to God. Hebrews 13, 5 says, God promised, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise that we have. And I know there's so much going on right now in the world. A lot coming against our Christian brothers and sisters and so many other stuff. But God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to look at time. And here I'm going to say this, side note. I might not make it to the last point. We'll do it next week. Just kidding. <laughs> um, we have to be very careful that we don't get distracted by the things that we are seeing with our own eyes. Because yes, yes. I feel like sometimes we get so carried away by what the news is going on. Yes, there's persecution coming. There's all those things coming. But then instead of us going out there and even putting ourselves even further, we start to self-preserve. And we preserve. God hasn't called us to do that. Paul was stoned. He died. And then what did he do? He didn't leave. He came back in. So we have to be very careful when we read the things we are reading, when we hear the things that we are doing, because the devil is going to use those as a tactic to just get you to self-preserve. But how are the rest of the people going to hear about the gospel? We have to be able to testify and tell people about what God is doing. We have to have that faith that he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And then we can see God move. And yes, you might say that Sarah and uh, Abraham were, were impatient with Ismail. But guess what? When they came back, they still had faith. See, sometimes it takes us to experience the supernatural of Christ through what we see. The Israelites, were, were, uh, the Israelites were asked to march around the wall of Jericho. And they did by faith. And the wall came down. Thomas touched Jesus' side and he had faith. See, I believe that most of us are here where we need to see God do something in order for us to believe. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, I want to put the fleas out a couple of times. In order for me to have faith. Because it's better to ask God a couple of times to prove, to, uh, to, to show, to give you faith than not to do it at all. End up missing what God is doing in your life. These people saw the power of God. Have you experienced God's power? Has this caused your faith to be supersized? Or has it shrunk your faith? Are you sharing it with others or has it become a personal experience? Has it become a personal experience? Let me tell you about where God... But if I have to remember, the goal is to bring that person to Christ. So if I have to tell you about my life, if I have to be stirred up to tell, to tell you about what I've gone because it's my testimony, there has to be a course of action. 
It's like me coming here and I want to sell you something and I tell you about how beautiful it is and shiny it is and how it's going to make your life good. And then after I'm done, I'm saying, I'll see you later. Have a good day. I don't even ask you for a sale. But yet, when we go in, we are not exercising our faith because you have to trust. Your faith has to be strong enough. Your faith has to be strong enough to show, to tell you that, guess what? After you share your story, you should be able to proposition Jesus for them and it's going to work because God is going to take it from there. And the last person is Isaac. What did Isaac learn from all this? Faith, um, so Isaac saw and learned that God was a provider and a savior. He saw his father walk in faith. He saw his dad go become obedient to God. He saw his father, his father waiting. He saw his father's obedience and trusting that. The Bible says that Abraham believed that no matter what happened, God was able to raise Isaac from the grave. He saw the promise come through through his children. My question is this for you. What What are your actions speaking about faith to those who are close to you? Really, if I looked at your faith, would I learn something out of it? Would I still trust God? Would I say there is a redemption spirit, there is a redemption power in you because of how you carry yourself? See, Isaac learned the story of redemption because he was redeemed by God in the middle of being sacrificed. And this same redemption comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, when the Israelites saw the Egyptian being swept away by the water, they had faith. And then they carry to tell their generation that's what they did. The faith you have today, would you tell your generations? Would they carry over from now to the generation forth? Is that is it that strong enough for it to be told over and over and over? Think about it. And this was a, such a big question for me this week. It's like, really. The way I carry my life, the way I do those things, the way I trust God in everything. Would my kids be able to tell that? And then their kids, their kids, and their kids, and talking about the great, great, great grandfather. Would that faith carry on, or would it be just, my dad, this, and then it's done after the first generation? Today, we are still talking about Abraham, generation after generation. Today, we are talking about Sarah and Isaac and those people. Because their faith was so strong. That he carried over and over and over. Yes. We have to trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And he will show us the path to do. This is not a, a, a message to, hey, I don't have faith. But listen, you can get supernatural faith. You can, you can experience it. You can learn from people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you get it as long as you exercise that faith that you got. Romans 3.22 says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who you are. Your faith and how you exercise it will affect those around you. And specifically as parents, how how you handle your situations, how you act will determine the faith of your kids 
and the kids after and the generations to come. How you react to the news. How you react to COVID. Does it show that you trust God or does it bring fear and doubt in the thing? Remember when I say that faith, you cannot have, I cannot have faith 99.9%. It's either I have faith or I don't have faith. So today I can't say that I really trust God and then I'm over there. I'm, I'm just so worried about what COVID or the government or the things that are going to happen. It is confusing for the young mind. Do we really have that faith? See? So what do we do with all this? Faith requires action. See, I want my faith to be supersized. So big that when it goes forward, that it can change lives. That it can tell people that it's a bigger God than the world that we live in. I want my faith to be so supersized that there is no doubt that God was working in my life. See, how how, how your faith comes about doesn't really add any weight to it. How you exercise your faith is what matters most. Doesn't matter how you come to faith. How you exercise is what matters. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not works, lest anybody should, should boast. It's not. It's not something that you do. You come close to God. You spend time with God. You seek His face. You make Him as important as everything else that is important in your life. If I look at your calendar, and this is my challenge for me, when I look at my calendar, where are my God time compared to my schedule, compared to all the things and the appointments and all these things? If I, I show someone and say, look at this, tell me if you see God in here, what would that say about you? What if that was the moment that that person was going to come to Christ because they saw that you give priority to this God? How can I tell them about how, how great God has done in my, how good God has done in my life, what He's doing and how important He is if He doesn't even appear in my calendar? Yeah. So what's our duty? Our duty is to ignite the fire in us, to allow God's power to be evident in us. And this requires holiness. It requires us to die to self, to allow God to work in our hearts. It requires us to, to do the extra step. It requires to share our testimony. Russ. Oh, Angie. Russ, Angie, one of them. <laughs> so it requires us to share our testimony. But if we are not exercising our faith really, what kind of testimonies are we going to be sharing? Are you willing to keep the promise and teach it to others so they can be like Isaac? Are you willing to keep the faith even if it doesn't happen in our time? Because that's what it said. It said that these people did not see the promises yet. They kept their eyes focused on Christ. So the things that you believe today, the things that you're hoping for, the faith that you have for things today, don't let that be the litmus paper that tells you if God is worthy or He's doing what He needs to do. But again, if our destination is heaven, then really what we have here doesn't really matter at all. It's vanities of vanities. Remember how we talked about we have no control? You don't know what's going to happen the next time when you're living here? 
So the things that we put in, we've, the, the, the faith that we put in the things that we have or the things that, 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 that we have in our lives, what does that say about your heart compared to what God is asking you? So tonight I'm challenging you and my challenge myself as well. That we sit, we take a moment to examine our faith. To really, really ask God, seek, search me. Look, look inside my heart and tell me, what do you see? The faith that I have. Remember when I say Pastor Chris asked the same question that I've been praying for for the last two months. It's like, God, how do you see faith? And instead of just asking God, how do you see faith? And that's really good that you've told me how you see faith. It's like, God, how do you see my faith? When I come before you and I trust you and I have faith, God, how do, how do you see me, Lord? And what are the things, like a good dad, I know you're going to tell me what I need to change. What are those things that I need to change, Lord? What are the things that I need to keep doing? What are the, what is, what are the behaviors that I've been doing? What are the things that I've been doing in my life that I need to continue doing that? And he will tell you, he's a good dad. When my kids come and ask me for questions on how I can help them, I help them with joy. The same thing, God is doing the same. He will tell you. Because he sent his son to die for you. It's a big deal. He will do anything to have you. Let's pray. Lord, we worship you, God, tonight. Lord, we thank you, Father, because, Lord, we don't do this alone, God. You say you never leave us nor forsake us, O King of glory, God. Such an assurance, O God, Father, because we come short every single day, God. No matter how much we try, Lord, but you've told us, God, that in this world, Lord, we can never fit in, Lord. And I know sometimes, God, because of the comforts that we have and the things that we have, oh God, that we get carried away by here and now, Lord. God, please, could you refocus our minds tonight, Lord, onto the heavenly things, oh God, on the home that you've created for us, Lord. That Jehovah God, no matter how shaky or everything goes around us, oh God, that we don't keep our eyes off you, that we keep them on you 100%, Lord. Could you please help us, Lord? We need you, Lord. We really do need you, God. Especially in this season, God, you've warned us, Lord, that there is deception everywhere. God is so ravishing, Father, that we can't even see it, oh Lord. It's only, Father, when you give us your eyes, oh God. It's only when you give us your ears to hear the things that you hear. And Lord, it's only Father when you speak those words that you just put in our hearts, oh Lord. God, I pray, mighty King of glory, God, that we don't come out of this place the same, oh God. And I pray a covering over the word in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to take this moment to invite anybody who hasn't given their life to Christ. These are promises for those who die, who, who, who accept Jesus as their personal Savior. So if you haven't given your life to Christ, come on over. We'll pray for you. And if you're online, just say this prayer. Lord, forgive my sin. I want to come home and be your child. Guide me and show me your way, Lord. Forgive me my sin. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Pray that you may go with us, Lord, and guide us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. 
continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.